Do you know what time it is? It's that time again with Cindy Gern, who has the latest news about employment trends, current opportunities, and innovative strategies for managing a career on WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. Hello, this is Jim Thomas, host of the uh, Secret Sauce Show, which is part of the uh, Workforce Show. And uh, as you know, we, um, we uh, hail from an air through uh, WERA, uh, 96.7 FM. And uh, I'm very pleased and honored to have um, a good friend and guest today, Tawana Williams. Tawana, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. And um, uh, it's, uh, as with most of my guests, um, you know, I've, I've given Tuana a little background about the show and, and what we're trying to do here. But for the radio audience, those who haven't, who may have not uh, listened in before, you know, the whole focus of the show is to find and interview successful people, which clearly uh, Tuana is. Uh, but more importantly, get to the the reason for that success, which um, I believe, with most successful people, is rooted in their their purpose, what they're really intended to do versus what they force themselves to do. Um, all too often, uh, you know, we, we chase the dollar and realize that we're, we're stressed out and not happy, but, you know, we have a lot of money in the bank. Uh, and sometimes that, is, that doesn't even work out. But the reality is, is that uh, there are a lot of people, every person has their own secret sauce. And it's been my mission through this show to bring these people on and, and, and share them with you so that you realize that, uh, you know, maybe I should focus on what my secret sauce is and start aligning my career journey uh, in that direction. Uh, believe me, uh, what I've found is that most people who have done that are, are happier, have had um, very successful careers, and uh, have looked back and said, you know, it's, it's been a good ride. So that's um, the purpose of the show, and, and I want to get into uh, a little background about Tawana before I start drilling her with all kinds <laughs> of tough questions. No, that's not true. I don't do that. But uh, Tawana, um, and Tawana is still, up until... Friday, uh, the um, Vice President and Chief Diversity Inclusion Officer at Fannie Mae. Um, Tawana has been uh, with Fannie Mae for a while, uh, but uh, I would also share with you that she's spent um, many years in human resources, um, working at companies specifically, uh, U.S. Airways uh, Group, MCI, Verizon uh, Business, uh, companies that clearly are somewhat household names. We know certainly most of them in this area. Uh, she's, she's a certified executive coach uh, with a BA in advertising and public relations uh, from Middle Tennessee State University. She has an executive uh, leadership development uh, certificate from the Harvard Business School. Um, boy, that, that makes me a name dropper, right? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> uh, and she has a host of other uh, credentials, and I'll, I'll just mention another. She's also been uh, a member of the um, uh, 2018 Leadership um, of Greater Washington, which is a, a notable um, uh, endeavor, and, and uh, certainly, um, you know, not everyone uh, is able to go through that process, but you've you've gone through it. Uh, what I want to, and, and she's also a resident of Northern Virginia, so she's she's close to the area. What I want to talk to um, Tawana about is the transition she's about to make, and she can fill you in on that a little uh, later. But more specific before that, I, I wanted to have her talk, just talk about her career, why she chose 
getting into the human resources area, why she uh, eventually started focusing very specifically on diversity and inclusion, and how that all came about and the transition she's about to make. Sure, so thank you. So start wherever you like. Absolutely. Well, I spent the majority of my career at U.S. Airways, um, 23 years actually. And I remember right out of undergrad, I started, graduated in May, started in August. And I said, I'll work here for two years because it's just too much fun to be work. Mm. And 21 years later, it was still fun. I see. Um, so I tell you, I, I did everything at the airlines because at that time you really could do everything. If you had a great idea, you could just implement it. So it was really a fun job. It was a great career. Mm. Um, I never say that you decide to go into to diversity and inclusion, it sort of just finds you. Um, and right after 9-11, I found myself doing things that were so unpleasant as an HR business partner. Clearly, we were closing reservations offices. We were shutting down airports. So I was traveling around the country just laying people off. And, you know, that was very, very, as you can imagine, depressing. And I just went to my CEO and I said, I've got to find something that's going to be um, not so depressing that's actually going to fulfill people's lives yeah. and not change them in a dramatic way, sure. in a negative way. And he said, well, what would that be? And I said, well, right now in the airline industry, I can't think of what it would be, you know, <laughs> but we've got to think of something uh, because I just can't do that any longer. And we had a new CEO at the time uh, right out of Harvard. He said, you know, no airline has ever done diversity and inclusion. This was over probably about a 90-day conversation. So, And okay. um, yeah. I said, you're right. I said, you know what? I can find some consultants. I introduced him to a lot of people. I said, you know, I, I will be the point person at U.S. Airways to help get this off the ground. But, you know, never thought I would be doing it. <laughs> so I introduced him to all of the consultants that I knew. I had done research and other companies, mostly B2C companies, talked to Pepsi, talked to Coke, um, had colleagues over there and connected me to the people using DNI there and actually brought, you know, some key people in to talk to him, interview and he and our chief human resources officer said no to everyone. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I thought you all were serious about this. Sure. And they said, we are, but we want you to do it. And James, I will tell you, I said, but I don't do DNI work. I mean, I am an HR executive. I'm not a diversity and inclusion practitioner. And they said, well, if you don't do it, we won't do it. Interesting. And I said, but that's not what we agreed to. So diversity and inclusion found me. So based on that conversation, I had to say, why me? Because this is not what I do. Um, and he described me to the aspirations exactly that I thought I exuded. He said, it has to be someone that's authentic, and you're authentic. You have credibility. He said, in all of your work as an HR business partner, even dealing with the labor unions, you are always trying to be to give voice to the underserved, whatever that underserved looked like. He said, and that's what inclusion looks like. That's what different, we weren't talking about inclusion at that time. We were talking mm -hmm. about just diversity. Sure. Um, and we had the representation, but we also had uh, demographics that weren't included. And we didn't even know about inclusion then, but we knew that there was a gap in our workforce. Um, well, just from the audience's perspective, uh, realizing that Tawana has been in uh, human resources, um, 
well, you know, she started her career when she was like 15, so you know, it's, you know, not quite as long as I have. But you know, when when I was coming up, it was affirmative action, and right. we were wor- working on certainly being as um, uh, inclusive as we could be, regard to making sure that the the, the workforce represented the community in which we worked in, uh, which was not the case um, many years ago. And companies under federal mandate uh, were required to um, you know make the workforce look more. Um, like the communities in which they served. But it, we've evolved from that to being looking at diversity in a more holistic way and certainly being more inclusive in regard to all peoples with uh, backgrounds that certainly could do uh, the jobs that companies have. Um, and uh, I, I think that um, through that, uh, a number of individuals have um, shown that um, they clearly have the ability, the skills, and now are acquiring the experience that has caused the makeup of the workforce to be uh, different, and it continues to change. Uh, and that's that's the the great thing I think about being in the United States. We we do um, uh, encourage and we welcome um, uh, differences, and um, and uh, that I'm not trying to make a political statement right now, mm-hmm. but the reality is that that has. Uh, energized uh, the ability for companies to be um, innovative and creative by virtue of just not having one voice, but many different voices that starts to create that level of innovation. Absolutely. Um, that uh, has caused such a rapid growth in technology and communications, information technology. And you look across those industries and you look at the makeup of the people who are driving change, and they are very diverse and they are very, you know, and, and certainly have um, uh, made a difference. That's right. So that's, that's my right. little, that's my commercial. <laughs> so. And you're absolutely correct, you know, because innovation leads to the bottom line. You know, absolutely. we talk about the return on inclusion, you mm. know, because if everyone has a voice, that's how you drive change. And you, you can immediately start being able to innovate to your point and get to a point that you were not even – the table is so much broader at that point when everyone has a seat at the table and can have a voice – because you can, you know, you can change the way you do your work. And it becomes more of, and, and thank goodness we've moved from affirmative action. Because who wants to just be tolerated? Sure, you know, who exactly. want, you know, you want to be included. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, the great thing I love about this work is that it's about accessibility. You know, and diversity and inclusion, if you can provide the accessibility and the opportunity you can change generations. Oh, absolutely. You can change absolutely. generations. You know, when, you know, it's, you know, it's been it's been probably better than 30, 40 years that we started hiring people, you know, from the neck up. That's right. We start really realizing that, um, you know, uh, fewer and fewer of the positions, the jobs that we had were manual labor positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the majority of positions that um, were in that arena, you know, we've, you know, we've, um, you know, offshore to other countries. We do a lot of um, exchange of uh, knowledge now. We, we bring in scientists from all over the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are absolutely focused um, on industries that uh, require um, thought leaders, individuals with knowledge that, that, that make a difference. Right. And you see it in the kinds of products and services that are offered and are being produced today uh, in, in the U.S. Even if it's a manufacturing environment, the, the knowledge proposition is extremely high. You have to have people who are, are conscious of uh, the impact that they have, not necessarily in their hand, hands, but in their heads. And, and that's, that's created um, 
quite frankly, a high level of uh, GDP and, and support of you know, our, our national um, position on a global scale regard to our productivity and, and what we're capable of doing. Um, you know, we're still a leader in many areas. Many That's countries right. come to the United States to uh, acquire knowledge and understanding of how we are leading in various areas. And, but we do that through uh, people. One of the things I said many years ago when, um, when asked about um, you know, people in the, in the workplace, uh, I, I said very quickly to a, uh, in an orientation, I said, you know, if we could do business without people, none of us would be sitting here. That's right. And we've not uh, acquired the ability to replace the knowledge proposition through the people who truly are assets that we bring into um, the workplace. But let's talk more about you and your purpose and the direction you've gone from, you know, getting into diversity and having been in it for now a while. Um, And um, what have you found to be sort of your your strong suit, what you've brought to to this environment that's um, made you successful? You know, I... It's really being authentic and being true to myself. When you do this type of work, it really is, and for me, it is my purpose. You know, I'm very clear on what my purpose is, uh, and my purpose is to give voice to the underserved on whatever that looks like. Uh, And in that space of diversity and inclusion, it typically um, shows itself with women and people of color, you know, and I've worked in different industries, and With that, the assignment has been different. So, you know, I've been privileged enough to be able to know what my purpose is, to work actually at a job where I'm doing my purpose. And this work is really a calling, Jim. It is, you have to be called to do it because it's hard work. (laughs) You know, you go in every day and you think that you can make change and you can come home for months and you just push that boulder up just a little bit. You know, and it could roll back. So well, can, the only thing that's constant is change. That's but right. the only thing that um, uh, is the defensive mechanism against change is patience. That's right. You know, it's mm-hmm. you know, it's not. It, it may not be done overnight. That's right. But eventually, you can you know you can move you can move the rock. Mm-hmm. But um, you have to be patient. And you have to be you have to persevere. You have to stay with it. You have. To well, stay it's with it's it. uh, you know it's 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 like. Um, going into town and telling everyone we have to move to the next city because this city is not where we need to be anymore. Mm-hmm. You're not going to do that overnight. That's right. Uh, you have to convince a lot of people. That's right. You have to, to your point, persevere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, to your mission of um, giving voice to the underserved and realizing that it, not everyone is going to sign up um, and drink the Kool-Aid initially. Right. But it's it's about making people aware that they have meaning. That's right. That's everyone right. has meaning. Everyone has a purpose. Mm-hmm. Everyone has value. Mm-hmm. And in our society, on occasion, uh, more than on occasion, uh, that's not necessarily the way we've structured uh, the environment. You that's know, right. we, we put people in socioeconomic groups. Mm-hmm. You know, we have uh, train tracks that divide cities and, mm-hmm. and, and groups of people. Um, some individuals live in mini mansions and some live... That's right. On the street, mm-hmm. and and through those visual um, uh, occurrences, uh, the assumption is that we're we're all we we don't have the ability to 
to break through that fog and create an opportunity of uh, some levels of equality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so people fall through the cracks. They do. Uh, and that's, you know, that's sort of, uh, un- that's more than sort of unfortunate. And it's also unnecessary. Right. You know, there's right. more than enough to go around mm-hmm. for everyone mm-hmm. relative to value and opportunity mm-hmm. and, you know, monetary gain. Um, but I think we're challenged by uh, not having, quite frankly, enough Tawana Williams who are focused on supporting the underserved. And um, I, I think we're going to find more people stepping up, though, just based on how things have, have gone and, and what we've been um, what, what's been made visible to us through yeah. the media, through social networks. Mm-hmm. We are more cognizant of, of um, uh, differences right. that we have to overcome. That's right. And we live in a time now where everything is instantaneous. <laughs> I mean, you social media is made, anything happens, it happens immediately. Everyone knows about it. So we have to make sure that it goes beyond just the education. It goes to the awareness. And when people... They do better when they know better. I mean, and because people at the heart are good people. And when diversity and inclusion first was a topic of conversation, uh, many people felt like, okay, if I'm part of the quote unquote majority, I'm a bad person. And that's not it at all. Mm. You know, there are systematic things that have increased uh, the impact on underserved Mm. communities. Um, So those have to be addressed and they have to be they have to be wound down. I mean, you, we can continue to talk about it, but the action is what makes the difference. So, you know, I, I, you know, some people call it, you know, like one of the core competencies of being a diversity practitioner is that you have to be courageous. Um, I'm not sure if doing your job is courageous. I think you have, that's what they pay you to do, is to be that voice. But I think you have to be authentic because oftentimes in this space, you're the voice of dissension and, and almost of disruption. It's because in corporate America, you are, if you are a woman or if you are a person of color, you are not necessarily part of the majority. Well, I think, you know, you, you've hit on some interesting points. Um, some years ago when I was uh, fortunate enough to work uh, and lead the human resource department at the American Red Cross, we, did, we had an affirmative action program. We had an EEO program, but we did not have a diversity program. Mm-hmm. And I, after a year and a half, I, I promoted someone uh, into the position of uh, director of diversity, first time ever. Right. And, and my focus, which you know, I, I listened to many regard to how we should build build the process. And, and and I talk about what you do inside companies more from a process perspective versus a program perspective, mm-hmm. because after one leaves a position, um, processes are hard to just rip out. That's right. You can rip out programs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought hard about diversity as I do today and inclusion and, 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 one, and getting prepared to talk with you. And I, and I find that at the base of those successful programs and those six or processes and those successful companies that have implemented implemented um, successful diversity and inclusion processes uh, or programs, however they want to describe it, uh, there there's a high level of humanity, mm-hmm. and I think that as a species, as a culture, as a society, as we get closer back to our humanity, then we things. People become more important. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we become uh, more inclusive because we see um, less things that are different about us and more things that are same. Absolutely. And unfortunately in our society and in, in maybe just the evolution of man and women, we, uh, we tend to fear those things that are different. That's right. But those things that are same, you know, we, we nurture and grow and, and mm -hmm. feel comfortable, be, comfortable being around. Mm -hmm. um, and the more we realize um, as humans, as at the base of our humanity, there are few differences then it's easier to uh, to accept and to nurture and to grow and to do to give voice to the underserved. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. It, at the core of it is humankind. You know, no and that's why no I said we, we all are created to be good people at the core mm -hmm. of it. You know, but then when you introduce differences, you're also addressing people's values and belief systems. Absolutely. So that is the reluctance mm -hmm. to believe because you're saying Everything I've believed for all of my childhood, from wherever I came from, you know, now you're saying today, because now that I'm in the workplace with people that are different, that I have to think differently. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not that you have to think differently. You have to think broader and you have to be open to learn and to understand. So to your point, we fear the unknown. So things no that are different and we don't know is what we fear. Uh, and we look at where we are in this country right now. Uh, we're pretty polarized. You know, there's the, there's. You know, we believe that, you know, if you believe different than me, that you must be bad and I must be good. Mm. And and that is the dissension that oftentimes in this work you have to think about. And, and how can you influence that when it's just that you just may think differently about something? Doesn't make We can't make narratives about people just because they think differently. Well, and I, and I think that many leaders uh, have realized that uh, by um, um, – not focusing on the quality of differences has impeded their ability to grow. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I think that um, what, what we're finding, what I see, is that many companies who have accepted the fact that differences are good That's right. uh, is uh, causing those companies to, to excel in their mm -hmm. growth, to be more innovative, more creative, get more market share, That's right. shareholders are happy, That's right. uh, investors are happy, and, and as with any um, sophisticated society, we do tend to follow the money to some degree. Right. Um, but with the time we have left, and we're sort of running out of time here, I do want to talk about your new venture and sure. and your transition out of uh, Fannie Mae because you are leaving. I am. And maybe this is your time to make the big Northern Virginia announcement on air. So what's going on? Thank what's you. next? I am very excited. Uh, I have opened up my own company. I will be doing executive coaching and... Um, Diversity and Inclusion Consulting and awesome. Leadership Development. And when is this all going to so, start? So uh, this will be starting effective June 1st. June 1st. Wow. June 1st. Gee, so we're, we're not that far away. We are not that far so, away. I had to close one door. So when are you closing? When you when are you absolutely closing the door at Fannie Mae? Uh, officially, May thirty first is the last day. Okay, so May thirty first, and next day you open your June office, 1st. huh? Put up That's the uh, June first. Okay, cool. So it's already in the plan, and I'm excited. Uh, I do believe that you know we all have a higher purpose. And uh, I want to help people find that and to be able to really work in their calling. Yeah. And it's interesting. You know, it's um, um, being sort of an uh, um, being in that generation of baby boomers. I have a lot of friends who are retiring. Mm -hmm. and um, But I also have many, many more uh, friends and acquaintances who are, um, you know, my, my uh, peers who are not retiring but repurposing their lives. Um, and, uh, and, you know, the, you know, we – 
but that purpose, the core purpose, that thread is generally the same. Mm-hmm. It's just that they're moving into a, a you know a different, taking a different journey, right, uh, but right. still bringing with them all the skills, all the experience, all the knowledge they have to continue to make a, a you know make a difference and and have fun and enjoy the life they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. I applaud your your new venture. I'm sure you're going to do great. Thank you. you know, you're sort of stepping a little bit into my territory, so I don't know how how successful I really want you to be. But that's okay. I'm sure we'll I think share. We have we'll share. To have. Oh God, do we? <laughs> there there are quite a few people out there that, that need some level of uh, uh, guidance, that's to right. say the least. That's right. So that'll be that'll be pretty cool. I yeah. think that that's great. You know, I I think that with many of my guests, you know, having having a purpose uh, is is great. But also knowing that purpose is making a difference in people's lives right. is is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the um, there are many people that I've I've spoken with who their purpose is to develop some technological gadget or to to uh, change the 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 way we look at the universe or whatever. But at the base of what they're doing is impacting people's lives That's right. um, That's right. through them through That's them right. and. Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me, and so I think that's so important that um, you're you're transitioning in a way where um, you can wake up in the morning and and um, uh, determine um, you know how how what next steps you want to take. That's right. It's and, a blessing. Uh, that's for sure. Well, I can having having um, had my own firm for a while. I'll tell you, it's really it's really it's really great until you get to uh, um, performance review time, <laughs> <laughs> and then you have to assess what what grade do I want to give myself. <laughs> so keep but, that in mind. That, but that's true. But you don't have to do as many performance reviews. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I'm down. I'm down to one. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and um, you know, but I but I think that it, this is great. It's a great um, change for you. Um, but um, you know, it's you're, you're you're absolutely prepared for it. Yeah, I am. You know, it's uh, it's um, it, this is one of those. Um, if you were going through a position interview, you know, you already know the answer before you get through the first set of interviews. You, right. you know what the outcome's going to be. It's, right. it's all going to be good. Well, look, I appreciate and I thank you for coming on board and being my guest today. Uh, again, I've had the opportunity to, to interview today Tawana Williams, um, currently for a short period of time, still Vice President uh, and Chief Diversity uh, Inclusion Officer at uh, Fannie Mae, but June 1... She's uh, now. Do you have Do you have a specific name for your company? Sure, May I have missed it? It is. Thank you for asking. Higher purpose. Higher purpose. Okay. Higher purpose. Now, do you Do you have a website? Do you have and it's a higherpurpose.com. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. So you know a lot of people. You're gonna have thousands of people now going to your um, your right. site, higherpurpose.com. Right. Uh, that's awesome. Well, again, thank you for being on the show. Thank and you again, for having me. this is uh, Jim Thomas signing off from uh, the Secret Sauce segment of the Workforce Show, and uh, look forward to our. Our next uh, show um, uh, in the near future. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Workforce Show. This interview and others can be found at WERA.FM or at CareerCentralOnline.com. Thank you for listening. Until the next time.